What defines success? That's what an entrepreneur is. They're willing to take their own money that they've already paid taxes on, that it's taken them a long time to aggregate, and put it into their own company. What happens when you get knocked down? Everybody will know failure, per personally and professionally. It doesn't matter how cool, interesting, good-looking, smart. Everybody knows professional and personal failure. It's just going to happen. What makes some people radiate? Just to dispel some myths, people will tell you, do what you love, all right? Which is total bullshit. When you hear someone telling you to do what you love and follow your passion, it means they are already rich. <laughs> the key is find something you're good at. This is Radiate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Radiate, the show where we interview some of the world's most successful people to find out how they work their way to the top. This week, Scott Galloway, founder of companies like L2 and Red Envelope. He's also an NYU professor of marketing. Now, he's made it his life's work to cut through the noise and speak the truth about business, whether it's declaring advertising is dead or that Yahoo needs to be euthanized. Scott is never shy to say what is on his mind, and he's been right about many things. He's got a ton of followers who listen to his every word. Now, in this conversation, Scott talks about the lowest moments in his career, including being broke at age 39, and what he says it takes to be an entrepreneur. It includes writing some very big checks. You're going to like this conversation. Thank you. you know, I know you've talked a lot about like CEOs and sort of, you know, the messaging and when, when CEOs are getting their messaging yeah. wrong and when they're getting yeah. it right. So what are some of the key elements of messaging that, especially sure. in this digital age that you need to get right? In terms of an individual, corporations spend a lot of time and it's a very mature industry around messaging to investor relations departments, PR firms. So I would argue that firms as a whole are generally pretty good about it. And where messaging really counts is during a crisis, and there's only three things you have to remember, and, but people, companies consistently forget about them, and that is if there's a problem, acknowledge the problem, have the top guy or gal uh, be the spokesperson so it's, you're seen as taking it seriously, and three, overcorrect. So General Motors is an example of how absolutely not to do it with their ignition problem. Ignoring the problem, trying to delay an obfuscation, never coming clean. And, you know, Martha Stewart went to jail not for insider trading. She went to jail for obstruction of justice. If she'd said, I made a mistake here, I had no idea I was trading on inside information, but I did and I'm sorry, Americans and the justice system love to forgive. Who we get pissed off at are people who will refuse to acknowledge the problem. So uh, I, I think that one, if you're a corporation, it's acknowledging, acknowledging when you're wrong really fast and trying to address the issue. Where okay. corporations get into trouble is they play slow ball. In terms of an individual, People spend a lot less time thinking about their own brand, the corporation's brand. I bet the majority of your viewers and, and executives spend a lot of time thinking about their company's brand, but don't spend a lot of time thinking about theirs. And I think at a very young age, if you can develop sort of almost a value proposition for yourself per professionally and personally, think of it as a feature benefit. I am very detail-oriented, which means anything that leaves my desk is perfect. Mm -hmm. I am good with people, which means I'm, I create a welcoming atmosphere and culture at our company. That's important. I am a hard ass that is unemotional and does not have a lot of empathy for people. There's a, there's a role for that person in, right. in bio companies and companies that go in and cut costs like crazy. Being able early on to identify this is a feature I have and this is the benefit that results in a company and then really focusing on developing that skill at a young age is a gift. Because if you ask most people, if I said to you or I said to most professionals, summarize you and your point of differentiation and your brand professionally and how it gives you an edge and why I should pick you 
the Betty Lou box off the shelf. Most people can't do that. Right. They can say, oh, Cisco is the premier router company. I'm going to say Microsoft is liberating people with tech. They can quote you their company's brand, but they can't say, this is the value I bring and why it's differentiated. So I think so it's doing that early. Okay, so how do you, how do you figure, because it takes a long time to figure that out, yeah. right? So how did you figure yours out? Or, or how do you figure that out? So it's trial, it's trial and error, and I think you gotta dig deep and say, okay, what are the things I'm good at? And right. first off, is just to dispel some myths, people will tell you, or the, the general, you know, what you hear a lot is, do what you love, mm -hmm. all right? Which is, Total bullshit. When you hear someone telling you to do what you love and follow your passion, it means they are already rich. The key <laughs> is find something you're good at. Right. I, I'm, I, I, I would like to be quarterback of the Jets. I have a pretty good arm. I have a good plane of vision. I was a decent athlete. That's, what, that's my passion. Yeah. Problem is I'm not that good at it. So I found something through you know, trial and error over the course of 10 or 15 years, something I was relatively good at. So first off, find something you're good at. Then identify specifically when that organization, what is the one thing you can do better in the world? What is the one piece of real estate you own? And create that feature benefit that reverses to an attribute you have early on. Then you want to do a market check. You want to go to two or three people that you trust. They don't necessarily have to be good friends, but people who know you, and say, when you think about my value add here and what's different about my value add, try and summarize it for me. Right. And they'll say, well, you're strategic and you're smart and you're, uh, you're good with people. And the, so the, check yourself with other people, yeah. And then also ask them to say where you can improve. Because a lot of times, a lot about personal branding is dialing down the negatives. I would argue that in addition to right away after figuring out the positive, what is it that is getting in the way of you going from a six or a seven to a nine or a 10? And we spend very little time, honestly, objectively evaluating that. And you need other people to tell you. And this is, Betty, how you know when it's true. When someone says something to you and it's like you got punched in the gut, that means it's true, right? My, my teacher feedback, you know, I get a lot of people calling me bad names and expletives, that rolls off me, right? But then someone will say, you talk about your personal life too much and it undermines your credibility. And it just hits you. Hits you. That's when you know it's true. So open, honest. Is that honest, true, by the way? Uh, I think it is, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I, uh, you know, I'm a fairly self-absorbed person and I spend too much time in class talking about my own personal stories. And unless it's related to the class, I shouldn't waste their time because they're spending a lot of money on it. My point is when someone gives you good feedback, I think it's a gift. And a lot of young people, haven't identified the one thing that is getting in the way of life. Are they drinking too much? Right? Mm -hmm. Do they have a reputation? As, uh, do, they, do they hold grudges? Are they too emotional at work? Are they scared to speak up? What is the one thing that you could dial down? And I'm not saying you're ever going to get rid of it, but just acknowledging it, just knowing it. What yeah. is the one thing that gets in the way of your progress? So A, feature benefit to the upside. My point of differentiation, what do I own? What am I going to be best at in the world? It can be a very small thing. And then what is the one thing getting in the way and I'm going to consciously dial it down. Right. And because we all have that. Um, let's talk a little bit about you being an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. you have you know, run, you've created, you've built, and then you've sold several companies. Mm -hmm. um, Red Envelope is the one that, you know, that, that I know the most. But what would you say um, was your biggest mistake as an entrepreneur? Like what have you learned from that? So I, I, tell me I, where you failed. A ton, of a ton of mistakes and most of them are, are a function of my own personal flaws. I've struggled my entire career with the difference between being right and being effective. Okay. Uh, oftentimes I've gotten to battles, especially Red Envelope, with the board and created a lot of controversy and agita where 
I should have just handled it more elegantly and more generously. I'm a fairly combative, confrontational person. You mean pick your battles? You mean? Yeah, I just there's when you're young, you think as long as you're right, things will work out. And there's a difference between being right and being effective. And you know, if you're seeking justice, the the private sector is is not a good place for that to happen. <laughs> so you want to think, okay, maybe I am right. Maybe my venture capitalists are not behaving the right way, or maybe we shouldn't be taking a financing, whatever it is right now, but how can you be effective? And if you can't, and it's not worth it, like you said, pick your battles. Okay. The other thing I would say is that people romanticize entrepreneurs. The primary reason I'm an entrepreneur is not because I have special skills, but because I don't have the skill set to survive in a big company. For me, being an entrepreneur is a defense mechanism. Your ability to navigate Bloomberg, to get along with people, to, to be secure enough to when, I only had one job, I worked at Morgan Stanley, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but whenever people went into a conference room, and I was very young, I think, oh, they're talking about me, and they're planning on firing me, or do they, I had, really? all, this unproduct I had all this unproductive anxiety. Do they know how hard I'm working? Am I gonna get a good bonus? Is my boss gonna get fired, and then I'll be fired the next day? I had all this BS roaming around in my mind. As an entrepreneur, you have a ton of anxiety, but it's productive anxiety. Where am I getting my next dollar? How do I finance stuff, right? right? But and you'd for, rather be worried about that than worried about, like, I don't am have I going to get fired? I don't have the skill set. People look at me as an entrepreneur and think, wow, he's special. Here's how I'm special. I can't survive in a big company, so to make a living, I start my own companies. Okay. And the majority of entrepreneurs, they have a couple talents. That is, they are too stupid to know they're going to fail. <laughs> I've started companies. Whenever you start a company, it never makes sense. This does not make sense right now, otherwise it wouldn't exist. And then you find out, well, there is a market for it. And you work hard, you try and get good people around you. You're too stupid to know you're going to fail. And the bottom line is, the key to being an entrepreneur is you are more risk aggressive than anybody else. You are willing to sign the front of a check to go to work, not the back. 99% of America, Betty, would never consider going to work for a month. And this is what I did at L2. I went to work for a month, and at the end of the month, you know what I got it in exchange for working there? I wrote a check for $100,000 to fund the company. And I did that every month for a year. And you know what? That sucks. It sucks. Working your ass off, and then going home, and talking to your wife, or borrowing money from your parents or friends, and for the pleasure of working your ass off, putting your own money into a company. And people understand it theoretically, but very few people are willing to actually do it. Mm. That's what an entrepreneur is. They're willing to take their own money that they've already paid taxes on, that it's taken them a long time to aggregate, and put it into their own company. 99% of people are not Will willing not do to do that. that. They won't do that. Is that a sign of an entrepreneur, by the way, someone who's willing to do that? Like, would you, like is that a test? It's a requisite. People? I think it's a requisite. But, okay. uh, but by the way, if you have a choice between being an entrepreneur and going to work for a great company, and you have the skill set, I mean, ask yourself, do you have the skill set required in a big company. You have to have skills to survive in a big company. Yeah. You have to understand how to make alliances. Oh, you have yeah. to be patient. If you have those skills on a risk-adjusted basis, you're better off at a big company. They're incredible platforms. Mm. My, my stallmate at Morgan Stanley stayed there for 25 years. And on a lot of levels in terms of press or media, I've been quote-unquote at least optically more successful. He's had much less up, uh, much fewer ups and downs. And economically, we're in about the same place. So this note, we romanticize entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. It's not nearly as cool and as, as rewarding as people would like to think. There's a small number of successful entrepreneurs that we romanticize in the media, and, but you, you don't hear as nearly as oh much about, about the, 
the, how the sausage right. gets made. Right, you hear all the glory and you don't hear a lot about the guts. Okay, I usually like to end these things on a high note, but I do yeah, want to- Yeah, I apologize, that's hard with me, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But, but I but, hate my life less and less every day, you should know that. <laughs> I want to be like you. Yeah, right, <laughs> no, trust me, no. Here come the meds. Okay, right. Okay, so but what I was going to say is that I usually like to end these interviews on a high note, but I actually want to ask you, Scott, because um, I think a lot of people learn from this, is what yeah. was your lowest moment? Because you just mentioned like all the ups and downs. Sure. So I think actually what I, ta I take away the most from these kinds of stories, and I think our viewers do too, uh, and Radiate members, which is like we always want to hear like, what was your lowest moment though? And then what did you learn from I've, that? I've had, a, I've had a few of them. The first is everybody will know failure, per personally and professionally. It doesn't matter how cool, interesting, good looking, smart, Everybody knows professional and personal failure. It's just going to happen. Um, I basically got into a war with my venture capitalist, the Red Envelope. I started what's called a proxy fight. And basically, all the shareholders kicked me out of the company. I was living in a senior's community, taking care of my mom, who had a terminal illness. And I thought, basically, my career was over, and I was living in a senior's community. I mean, it just wasn't. When was this? How old were you? I was 39, and the crisis hit. At one point, I'd had a lot of money. By that point, I had almost none. And basically, I'd lost this thing and been kicked out of the company that I started. And I thought, wow, this is really bad. Now, the headline news is three years later, two years later, a bunch of hedge fund people called me and said, you seem a little bit crazy and understand shareholder governance. That's a good thing in the hedge fund world. We want to back you to, to try and take over some companies. And it ended up being a very lucrative career, or career kind of activist investing. So the thing I always tell people, and this is the only thing that is held true in terms of axioms or cliches for me professionally, nothing is ever as good or as bad as it seems. When you come off a big success, that is the time to pull in your horns and be more risk conservative. Because there is a regression to the mean in the universe that is very powerful. And when something great happens to you, you tend to credit your genius with it. But yeah. the reality is the moon's lined up and you got lucky. And chances are you're gonna get unlucky, so pull in your horns. And when something really bad happens, you're not nearly as stupid as you think, and the key is, is getting up every day and one foot in front of the other, and every emotion, every failure will pass. Nothing is ever as good or as bad as it seems. Did you ever cry at all? I don't cry a lot. Yeah, I don't cry a lot. I probably need to, <laughs> but no, I don't cry a lot. I don't think I've cried in about 15 or 17 years. <laughs> On planes and movies, something about I the cry altitude. All the time. Something about the altitude and alcohol. I, I like to get <laughs> shit on planes because I'm so pissed off that I'm in a plane. I'm like, at my age, I'm like flying around dealing with luggage and everything. Anyway, so like, when I watch sad movies on planes, I cry. Other than that, I just get angry all the time. <laughs> okay. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. And did you know that Radiate the Podcast is now also a video platform? Yes, it is. You can watch more great Radiate videos from advice to exclusive interviews on radiateinc.com. In fact, you can watch this Scott Galloway interview on our website. You know what else you can do? You can also sign up for our newsletter and tell us what you think by following us on Twitter and LinkedIn. I love hearing from our listeners and our viewers, so please follow us on social media and contact me as well. Also, please subscribe to our Radiate podcast on iTunes and write us a review. Thanks for joining us. I'm Betty Lou. Talk to you next week on Radiate.